Welcome to the Choose You Netcast. This is Jim Langlois with the word from Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's my prayer that this netcast will encourage and cheer you on as we join forces to draw the line in the sand, defending our faith and our households in the resurrection power of Jesus. Join me each weekday as we dig deeply into God's amazing word and bring up the rich treasures of his blessings. Are you ready? Choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. I said, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house. Good morning, NetWorld, and thank you for tuning in. We're continuing with our series we're calling Two kingdoms, a kingdom of light, which is God's kingdom, and a kingdom of darkness, which is Satan's kingdom. And yesterday, we were discussing the deceitfulness of sin. Out of Hebrews chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And as I said yesterday, the first thing we need to notice is this passage is not written to sinners, it's written to us. And there's a progression. I'll say it this way. Beware of the deceitfulness of sin, which will attack our steadfast confidence and begin to harden our hearts and to bring us to a final place of rebellion. You see, the deceitfulness of sin is a hardener like glue. It takes time to set dry and become permanent. So the question is, can sin affect our lives on the earth even though we're Christians? Well, even though we're forgiven and blood-bought and righteous in his sight, if we want to try a little adultery, it could still really damage our marriage. If we want to try a little dishonesty and theft with our employer, it could really affect our job. So the question is whether continual behavior in these matters could affect our salvation. Well, the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verses 4 through 6 says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. Well, if they fall away, how could that happen? Well, remember the progression. This did not happen overnight. Little by little, the breaking of conscience, the excusing of conscience, the acceptance of false prophets and false teaching, as we discussed yesterday, the hardness of heart, bringing disobedience, and finally rebellion. This is a system designed by Satan to steal, kill, and destroy. It's a well-planned system, and he's attacking the church of the Lord Jesus Christ with a vengeance. So what do we need? What we really need is repentance and faith. They are sisters, and they work together. The church needs to repent and return to the Word of God and stand in faith in who they are in Christ. And what we're really discussing is moving from one kingdom, being the kingdom of darkness, to another kingdom, being the kingdom of light. And we have to understand that crossing the line can bring some problems. 
Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 8 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now, the book of Galatians was written to the churches of Galatia. Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia. And then he says, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, it's evident that the church or the saints of Galatia have the ability to sow to the Spirit and also to sow to the flesh. It's also evident that they're not immune to corruption from sowing to the flesh by being born again. The original Greek word for corruption is P-H-T-H-O-R-A, pronounced phthora. Its definition is moral decay, being brought into an inferior or worse condition, to ruin, to be destroyed. And an even finer definition says to destroy oneself. We could say it this way, he who sows to their flesh will destroy himself. Well, we must take this moment to clarify there's a big difference from making a mistake and making a lifestyle. David made a grave mistake. He even suffered on earth for it, but he did not make the same mistake twice. He did not make adultery a lifestyle. He was a man after God's own heart. How can someone cross the line from the kingdom of light to the kingdom of darkness? It can actually be done very quickly. It's as fast as a decision. It's called rebellion and disobedience. Simply said, rebellion and disobedience can quickly take our feet where they do not belong, our eyes where they should not be looking, our minds where they should not be thinking, and our hands where they should not be holding. God's word is true. If we sow to the flesh, we will reap corruption, and God will not be mocked. Can a Christian hold fire and not be burned? Have you ever made a serious mistake and suffered for it? Well, truth be said, we all have. I don't know about you, but I want to stop any corruption in my life. I want to stay away from rebellion and disobedience. I've learned that it's not worth it. The world's statement, crime does not pay, is absolutely true. How can we stay in the kingdom of light, or how can we get out of the kingdom of darkness? Or how can we get back to the kingdom of light? Well, this can also be done very quickly. It's as fast as a decision. It's called repentance and faith. It's available through the unconditional love of God. Well, unconditional is relative because you have to receive it in order to get it. No gift is actually yours until you reach out and take it. Many people refuse to take gifts. However, this is one gift I highly recommend you take seriously and you seriously take. Why? Because you cannot earn it. You've already missed the mark. Your debt of sin is too high, and the only way out is to believe someone else will show up with a get-out-of-jail card. And Jesus is your get-out-of-jail card. Remember Jesus and the woman caught in adultery in the very act? Let's read that in John chapter 8, verses 3 through 11. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. 
But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. But then he said something very interesting. He said, Go and sin no more. Well, this woman met grace that day. She met grace in person. But what did grace say to her? Grace said, Neither do I condemn you, go and sin no more. The only reason we need grace is because we have sinned. If we've never sinned, we would have no need of grace. But since we are forgiven, is dabbling a little in the kingdom of darkness really that big of a deal? Well, Paul said this about sin in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And he says, certainly not. How shall we who have died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. You see, this is a wake-up call for the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, those who confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. What is he saying? Well, repent and return to the word of God. Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through 7. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. He says, return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Well, it's as quick as a decision. Remember, Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 8, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Now, as a pastor, I have the responsibility to shepherd God's sheep and feed them food that is nourishing and sustaining. I'm responsible to feed them today, protect them, and prepare them for tomorrow. We cannot eat only sweets every day and expect good results in the future. The truth is, we will reap what we sow. If we sow light, we will reap light. If we sow darkness, we will reap darkness. This series may seem to be concentrating on the negative, but in reality, if we do not speak about the hot stove, we may get burned. This is a reality check a warning, a wake-up call. It's not directed to sinners, although it would benefit them too, but to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I say the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm including anyone who confesses Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They believe in their heart and have confessed with their mouth Jesus has risen from the dead, and they have called upon the name of the Lord to be saved. They have become new creatures in Christ, and they are the righteousness of God in Him. They're born again, or born of the Spirit, as Jesus taught Nicodemus in the book of John, chapter 3. And another term we could use would simply be a Christian. 
where do I believe the church is crossing this line, moving from light to dark, and listening to false prophets? Well, there are four major areas I'm very concerned about. They are the assembly of the saints, murder of the innocent, sexual immorality, and same-sex marriage. In all actuality, three of them can be grouped together because they're so closely related. First of all, it's the assembly of the saints. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. It is not as the manner of some anymore. It's as the manner of many. I like how the Amplified Version expresses it. Not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers, as is the habit of some people, but admonishing, warning, urging, and encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day approaching. One benefit of the assembly is so we hear the warning. Hebrews 10.25 is a warning so we can hear the warning. What's the warning? The warning is neglecting to regularly assemble ourselves together as believers will greatly limit our ability to be prepared for the days ahead. Oh my, our time is up, but we'll begin right here tomorrow. I call you blessed. You have been listening to the Choose You Netcast with Jim Langlois. If you have enjoyed this program, you can find out more about Jim Langlois Ministries on the Master's House website at tmhnow.org. That's tmhnow.org. On the media tab, you can listen to many more messages, subscribe to my daily devotional emails, and follow the link to my blog site. If you'd like to write me or become a financial partner with this ministry, my address is the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. That's the Master's House, Post Office Box 1568, Mechanicsville, Virginia, 23116. Online donations can also be made at tmhnow.org, and my email address is pastorjim at tmhnow.org. This is Jim Langlois saying be blessed, you and your whole household. Until next time. Choose you this day, but that's for me and my house, me and my house, me and my house.